is up everyone welcome back to another episode of fit for life with Julie and ross hey team today we are going to be talking a little bit about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and how you can use this knowledge to apply it to your fitness journey to make things a little bit easier i'm going to let ross take the lead on this one yeah so probably first place to start is what is motivation and to give you a background, whether we define it as a drive or a need, motivation is a condition inside us that desires a change. So it's all about that um, desire to change either in ourself or in our environment. There are two different types of motivation. There is intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Uh, as, the, uh, as the names go, intrinsic motivation is something that we have a drive to achieve purely um, from, well, from within. So it's about an internal um, internal drive from within that's not due to any anticipated reward, deadline, or outside pressure. You know, for example, people who are intrinsically motivated to run um, do so because they love the feeling of running itself. It's, uh, it's for the love of the work. Just like people that stay longer at work because they believe in their work as an intrinsic motivation, people that play sports because they enjoy it and how it makes them feel, or someone that might like investing money because they want to become financially independent. Yeah, totally. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have extrinsic motivation. Now, this is when we're motivated to achieve something or perform or engage in the task uh, because we want to try and earn a reward or potentially we might be, um, you know, avoiding a punishment because that's also extrinsic motivation. And that's basically other than the joy of doing the work itself. So a few examples of this might be something like paying your taxes because you want to avoid a fine. It might be that, you know, this is a little bit different, but I bet it's quite common amongst people is traveling and going to new places, not because you enjoy it, but more so because you want to post it on social media. It might be competing, whether it's in bikini, bodybuilding, or some other kind of a competition to gain a trophy. So yeah, that's kind of just the rundown of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So there's a few different reasons why someone might go to the gym. Ross, why do you go to the gym? Uh, I'm both intrinsically and extrinsically motivated to go to the gym. I go to the gym because I like it. I like the feeling of working out. Um, I just enjoy doing resistance training, uh, but I'm also extrinsically motivated as well because I like the results I like um, <laughs> I like I like the results so that's my um, extrinsic motivation but I am both intrinsically and extrinsically motivated to go to the gym and I guess I am also both for those because I absolutely love working out I find it so much fun but then also when I look at things like competing I was speaking to Ross about this the other day and I said oh you know well competing's for me because it's intrinsic and you know it's you versus you it's about challenging myself and I enjoy the challenge but Ross mentioned that if I want to get a trophy out of competing and, you know, maybe get a higher placing or whatever, that becomes extrinsically motivating. And there's nothing wrong with having intrinsic and extrinsic motivations for doing things, but it's just important to understand the difference between the two so that you can kind of, I guess, understand it a bit better in order to progress and to kind of, I guess, motivate yourself towards whatever your goal is. So when we're looking at achieving our goals and we're looking at exercise, I understand that not everyone likes to exercise. A lot of people find it a lot harder to eat more nutritiously than they do to work out. Whereas some people find it really hard to get the motivation to work out. So I think it's important to understand the different reasons for working out as well as eating healthily. Some reasons for exercising might include strengthening your immune system. It might help increase your confidence. You might feel stronger. Your posture might improve. You'll become more productive if you start your day off with a workout. 
out. You might find that it reduces your stress and anxiety. It increases your energy or maybe even improves your quality of sleep. So when we look at those kind of reasons for exercising, it's a lot more positive than just changing the way that you look or getting a praise from someone else, which would be kind of an extrinsic motivation so whenever you're thinking about you know going for a workout if you're not someone that necessarily enjoys working out think about the benefits that you get from working out as opposed to just thinking right if I do this workout I'm going to lose weight or having that kind of idea of using exercise as um, some form of I guess way to necessarily just lose weight another thing to think about is to look at your nutrition a lot of people really struggle to stay on track with their nutrition and when I started you know eating a bit healthier and tidying things up with my nutrition at first it was about like you know just eating clean so quote mark eating clean and I would kind of avoid all the foods that I loved and I do all these different kind of recipes and things like that and at the start it was just to lose weight and to look better but in time I actually learned how fun it is to learn more about nutrition and to make foods like you've seen on my Instagram recently I've been doing a whole lot of healthy recipes I found joy in actually cooking foods for myself instead of eating out and I found I guess a lot of fun and a sense of satisfaction in doing these different recipes and things so I think that when starting out a fitness journey it might feel a little bit like a chore as you're learning more about nutrition and you're you know learning how to work out you might not necessarily feel all the benefits when you're first starting out because of course it's going to be hard but in time eventually you do end up learning to love it i mean ross how long have you been training for in the gym i've been, I've been training since i was 16 so it's that 17 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know and you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it so no. And same with me. I mean, I haven't been training for that long, but I have been training for a decent amount of time and I wouldn't stick at it if I didn't love it. So the main reason why we wanted to talk about the extrinsic and intrinsic motivation side of things is just really to, um, I guess, help you realize that you know, you can find different reasons to work out and eat healthfully. And I think Ross really wanted to talk about some misconceptions about motivation as well. Yeah, one of the biggest uh, and most surprising things, and I'm sure everyone on the listen to the podcast can relate to this, is that you know motivation often comes after you've started a behavior and not before. So it's not the it's not the cause of the action; it's the result of it. You know, think about times, and I can think personally for myself when you know if I'm starting a, a cut or a shred, I'm usually not motivated to do it. Like it's a it's a real effort in the beginning. But once you've actually got started, you can generate a lot more momentum and the motivation comes. So it's really important to note that actually a lot of the friction is in the beginning when we're trying to start a task. And actually the key to getting more motivated is to be able to get moving and try and automate early stages of the, the behavior. So we're trying to take the friction out of the start, right? We're trying to make it easier to start. That's a really important learning from, I guess, our, our talk here. Um, so how can we actually make it easier to start? Well, one thing um, we want to try and do is try and automate good decisions. We're trying to automate, you know, good behaviors that are going to help us to work towards our goal, help us to work towards our task. One thing you can utilize is to have a schedule. For example, if your workout doesn't have a time or a place where it usually occurs, we'll wake up each day thinking, I hope I feel motivated to exercise <laughs> per day, today. And, you know, if we're relying on motivation and willpower alone, we'll get to the end of the day and... You know, perhaps we've had a really stressful day, maybe we've had things that crop up, we might decide not to do it. Whereas if we have a schedule, what it does is it puts your decision-making on autopilot, 
It gives your goals a time and a place to live. Let's just say on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 a.m., I go to the gym for one hour to do my workout, as an example. You know, you've given your goal a time and a place to live. You've automated good decisions. And research shows that if you have a proper plan in place, you're more likely to stick to it. So schedule in those, you know, times that you're going to work out, the times that you're going to meal prep, and then stick to them. Yeah, another thing you can utilize is to have a ritual. So um, when we think about the work of top performers, performers, it's often... Um, you know, not due to motivation or inspiration. It's it follows a consistent pattern. You know, perhaps your goal is to exercise more. Your ritual could be that you utilize the exact same warm up routine every time. And the power of this ritual is it provides a minus way to initiate your behavior. You're making um, good decisions on autopilot again, and it makes starting your habits easier. It removes that decision making process, taking the friction out of the beginning. Um, So how can we use our ritual to get started? Well, step number one is you need to make your ritual so easy that you can't say no to it. An example for me would be that, um, you know, my weightlifting routine in the morning starts with putting on my shoes and making a pre-workout shake. This is part of my ritual, but it's so easy that I don't need to be motivated to do it. What's an example for you, Angela? What What do you do for your ritual? I was just thinking I'm the exact same thing. I roll out of bread, I spring up, I make my, you know, oxy shred or whatever my supplements are for my workout. And even in lockdown, you know, I put on my shoes, I put on my headphones, get the music going or get a motivational speech going. And then before you know, I'm into my workout. So really easy routine for the morning. Yeah. And the next part of your routine is that it should get you moving towards your end goal. So A lack of mental motivation is often linked to a lack of physical movement. So while your routine should be really easy to start, you know, make so so easy you can't say no to it, it should gradually transition to more and more physical movement. For example, once I get to the gym, I use the exact same foam rolling routine every time. No matter what I'm doing, I, I sometimes don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like literally on autopilot. It's the exact same routine every time. And um, what's the next step in your, your normal routine? Yeah, for me, I guess it's, you know, if I'm doing lower body, I'm going to move into my booty band activations and a little bit of dynamic stretching. And I mean, I personally really like this routine and it's just so easy. Like you said, it becomes an autopilot thing. Yeah, the idea is that you shouldn't even really know that you're doing it. You don't need to be motivated to initiate that behavior. And then the step three is that we want to make sure we follow the exact same pattern every single time that we do it. So that's really about creating it as a habit. And just a reminder, habits take two to eight months to create and there's research to support this. So it's really important that we repeat the same pattern every time because uh, according to Duke University, it's about 40% of our daily actions are made up from automatic autopilot behaviors. So you want to make sure that these autopilot behaviors are serving your goals and helping you work towards them. So again, the primary purpose of your pregame routine is that it should create a series of events that you always perform before doing a specific task. So you don't really need to know how to find the motivation. We just need to know how to start our routine. So again, that's really about trying to automate good decisions because once we've got that friction out of the beginning, often movement is this form of active inspiration. Definitely. I love that. Thank you so much, Ross, for sharing how to make motivation a habit. One other thing we really wanted to talk about is how to actually stay motivated because a lot of people, as much as I don't like talking about, you know, motivation too much, a lot of people will say things like, oh, you know, how do you stay so motivated all the time? And the truth is I'm not motivated all the time, but there are definitely ways you can, you know, improve your motivation and keep that a little bit more consistent. Mm. So um, what's the Goldilocks rule, Ross? Yeah, so the Goldilocks rule is about goal setting 
And um, the basis behind that is that if you decide on a goal that's too easy, you're going to become bored. But if it's too hard, you're going to become overwhelmed. So you're trying to aim for that just right range where you know, you're know you motivated to work towards this goal, but it's not so far off in the future that you can't see it happening. For example, uh, you know, a goal that would be too difficult for me to work towards right now would be, like, us just say, I want to squat 200 kilos. You know, that's, <laughs> that's way too far off in the distance. Like That's something that might not ever, ever happen. Um, because it's you know a really really difficult hard goal it would take me years and years to achieve and you know, most probably would never happen. Um, whereas you know if we're setting goals that are just right that are just challenging but not too easy that's sort of the range you wanna you wanna end up in. That's one way of staying motivated. I definitely think setting goals helps as well. I always feel like I'm more inclined to stick to things when I have some kind of a goal to look forward to, which is why I think for me personally, something like you know a competition or one of my challenges and things like that really works for me. Yeah, the next thing you can think about when trying to stay motivated is your environment. Now, we've talked about environment. In so almost, many times, pretty almost, much every podcast. Yeah, in almost every podcast. And this is because it is so essential for you to be successful. You know, if we want to stay motivated, and let's just use some examples here. Let's say your goal is to eat healthier, but your fridge is full of junk food and your cupboard's full of junk food. It doesn't matter how motivated you are, how strong your willpower is. You could have a bad day, perhaps you slept, you didn't sleep well. Um, you know, perhaps something else is going on, all of a sudden we feel hungry, we reach for what's in the fridge. It's just what's going to happen. You know, if it's in the house, most likely we're going to make a poor decision with our nutrition. Yeah, you can have all the willpower in the world, but if it's always there tempting you, eventually you're going to cave into it. So if you do find yourself buying all those things, especially if you're like us here in Auckland, New Zealand, we're on a lockdown or in other places in the world, it's honestly just best not to buy the foods that you really struggle to control. Like Ross and I really only buy individually portioned snacks and things so that we can make sure we're staying on track even during lockdown. Yeah, whereas if your fridge was full of healthy foods, your cupboard was full of healthy foods, what's your default going to be? Healthy yeah. foods. Because that, got. <laughs> that's, that's what your options are. So that was an example of environment for nutrition, but you could you know apply this to a range of different things. It might be that you're trying to be more productive or maybe you're trying to study um, you're, you're trying to get your studies going or something like that. But your study environment's really distracting. You've got the TV on. Perhaps you've got other things going on. That's that's a negative environment that's going to impact your ability to learn. So it's really about trying to set up your environment for success. And this could be not just removing items. It's also about who we surround ourselves with. Because you know if we surround ourselves with negative people or perhaps people that are always in junk food, chances are we're going to do that too. Whereas yeah. if we you know, surround ourselves with um, people who are active, who are you know, working towards their goals, who are a good influence on us, then we're going to make you know, good decisions. This is why I really like the Angelie Fit Squad because everyone's working on their own journey. And, you know, in the members only Facebook group, it's so positive of people being on their journey and sharing this that, you know, weighing your foods, tracking your macros, going to the gym, working out, hitting your steps, drinking your water are all kind of common things. And so you feel included in a community of which, you know, it's normalized to do those things as opposed to if you're constantly surrounded by people questioning everything you're doing, like, why are you weighing your food? Why are you going to the gym so much? Why aren't you having a drink? Have a cupcake. And you've always got those influences on you. It's going to be really hard for you to stick to your goals. So be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with and make sure that your loved ones around you are aware of what your goals are so that they can at least, if not support you, not try and take you off track. And another thing I just want to 
kind of touch on as well ross did mention you know healthy foods and junk foods of course we don't label foods as you know good and bad because at the end of the day it does come down to your overall you know macros and calories and things like that but at the end of the day when we're referring to things like junk or healthy foods it's about you know foods that are higher in nutrients being the healthier foods and foods that are lower in nutrients probably more processed uh, and you know such as chocolates and things like that that you might not be able to necessarily control so just for those of you out there that track macros like we do of course we still have ice cream and chocolate in the house but we just portion these foods out yeah that's a really important thing to to recognize is um like everyone's self-control on different things is different uh we never buy large quantities of chocolate chocolate or ice cream like it's always like individually portioned yeah. uh, it's it's <laughs> it's never more than we can control because you know it, like, it doesn't matter who you are like if you if you're um it doesn't really matter who you are like if we had chocolate in the house and it was like a big block we'd probably eat more than <laughs> and we you know we'd eat more than than we otherwise would whereas if it's a small block it's individually it's a small bars sorry it's individually portioned you're more likely to make a good choice. And I mean, we're only human. We both track our macros. We've been doing this for a long time. And if even we struggle when there's a big block of chocolate in the house to control and stop at like one row, then I can't imagine how much harder it makes for someone looking to just start their journey. So really pay attention to that and also make sure that you are rewarding yourselves appropriately along the way. So Ross, how could someone reward themselves? What do you think like are the requirements for rewards on a fitness journey say yeah yeah so with a reward it's um it's something that you can utilize to maintain a positive outlook throughout your journey it's something that can really help it does reinforce external motivation though or extrinsic motivation so uh it's really important that we we utilize this in the um the appropriate way because sometimes if we just have extrinsic motivation uh sooner or later that that reward's not going to be um creating enough drive so yeah you can definitely use rewards um just make sure that we use them sparingly and in the appropriate times uh the thing you want to focus on here with your reward is to make sure that they align with your goals if your goal is to eat healthier but your reward is kfc that doesn't make sense yeah yeah, exactly awesome i love that and there's something else to think about rewards i actually read something about a study in 2008 children who were rewarded for playing with a toy they had already expressed interest in playing with became less interested in the item after being externally rewarded so this isn't to suggest that extrinsic motivation is a bad thing of course it can be beneficial in some situations for example extrinsic motivation can be particularly helpful when a person needs to complete a task that they find unpleasant however using external rewards for something you already enjoy might not necessarily be in your best interest for example ross and i already love going to the gym we love working out so if we were to say right you know what i'm going to pay you a hundred dollars every time you work out that's not necessarily going to be beneficial for us and you know increase our you know chance of working out if anything it would probably make us not necessarily want to go to the gym because offering that reward would make the activity feel more like work instead of our fun time our relaxing time so when not to use external rewards would be for when someone is already interested in a topic whereas you know for others if you don't like exercise then it might mean that 
you're going to try and externally motivate yourself to go to the gym in which it might be like, right, if I go to the gym four times this week, I'm allowed to buy a new sports bra. And that's your reward. And that is a great time in which, you know, the reward is actually helping you achieve your goals as opposed to if I go to the gym four times this week, I get to go to McDonald's or go get fast food or eat half a pizza type thing. So following on from that, I know we are chit-chatting a lot today, but there's so much value in this. We really wanted to talk about embracing positivity. Yeah, it's a really important part. You think about, you know, when you're surrounding yourself by, by negativity or when you're feeling really negative yourself, you're often unmotivated. Uh, so it's really important that we practice positive self-talk and we do things that make us happy because when we're happy, we feel more energized and therefore more motivated. I love that. So simple. So there's many take-home messages from this. It's important to identify what motivates you on your health journey. We're all different and we all have different goals. So have a think after this podcast about, you know, what you're intrinsically and extrinsically motivated for, how you can improve your environment and how you can be more positive on your journey as well. Remember, extrinsic motivation comes from external factors and will not last forever. Intrinsic motivation is engaging in something that we find personally rewarding. Reflecting on the internal benefits of lifestyle changes can really help us shift from extrinsic to intrinsic motivators. And that shift is what helps us stay on track with our health journey long term. Whoa. Anything else to add, Ross? No, that's that's all from me today. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into these podcasts. We absolutely love hearing your feedback. Make sure you take a screenshot, share it on your stories and tag us. We'll catch you in the next one. See you in the next one.